Father, we thank you for this day. We're so honoured to be here in your presence. We thank you for our kids that bring a lot of noise, but right now we can be here in the quiet stillness of your presence. I thank you that you whisper to us. So we need to create moments to be able to listen. Oh, Jesus. Anoint this time in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hey, well, welcome to church. My name is Simon, if I haven't met you. I am the husband of the incredibly good-looking lady who just service-led my wife, Georgia, and uh, that was awesome. So, why don't we grab your seats, high-five the person next to you. Thank you, team. So good. I have a, uh, I have a dog that I've shared about at church before, but if you haven't been here, I'm going to share about my incredible dog. She has an identity crisis. She has two names, Rambo and Silk, and also Rambo is a boy's name. So she's got a few problems, but she's good. She loves life and I uh, love my dog. But uh, we moved to a house in Nan and, uh, about three years ago, and she lived on a farm. So fences were, not, fences were foreign to her. Uh, she didn't really ever run away from the farm. You know, it's pretty incredible how dogs kind of, uh, kind of stay, stick around there. Sometimes she'd jump, jump across to the neighbours of the farm, and one time the neighbour tried to shoot her. But other than that, she's, you know, she lives on the edge. <laughs> She's, um, you know, she's an adventurer. Anyway, we moved to Nan, and uh, we, we like, we're like, okay, well, we need to make sure there's fences in Nan, because there's about 400 million dogs. The amount of dogs in Nan is like the sheep in New Zealand. It's just like, it's just way outnumbers humans. And so, if you've ever been to Nan and walked a dog, you'll know what I mean. It's just like, you walk anywhere, and it's just the whole town starts barking at you. It's incredible. And then my dog's like, you're barking at me, you're barking at me. Anyway, so... We're at youth one night, and I get a phone call from my father-in-law because she's still registered with their name, which is good, because then they can pay the dog registration bill. And uh, it's like, oh, a guy's rang me up. Your dog's out of the yard. It's like, oh, how did she do that? That's, that's a nuisance. So I have to leave Friday night youth. I go, this guy, I can't remember his name, Pete or something. He's picked her up. She's just been running around on the train lines. Always a great place to run. Um, you know, and so it's like, oh, great. So I pick her up, put her in the car. So, okay. So I start to do a bit of investigation. There was a little gap on the side of our gate. So I like stuffed rocks and like a, um, just a spare piece of metal down there. See if she could get out. Next week comes along off to work, get a phone call. Ah, your dog's out of the yard again. It's like, oh goodness. Dog's out of the yard. All right, so she's out. Now, Laurie down here, she very know, well knows this. She's well acquainted with our dog because her path to anywhere is past our house and regularly sees our dog roaming the train lines. Uh, we've had many of stories. For like the Hills, for instance, who live across the other side of Nan. One day our dog decided to get out again and uh, walk over to their house and just sat on the front porch waiting for them to come home. She's a friendly girl. Anyway, so keep getting calls. She keeps getting out. How is she getting out? How is she getting out? One time we have an electric fence, electric gate. So we realised half the time the electric gate was just being left open. She's just like, sees it, she's just like, oh, runs for it. It's like, it's like putting a donut in front of me. He's just not going to stay there. Right, so it's just like, boom. 
Anyway, one night after I'd been dragged from youth again in the pouring rain to go pick her up from someone's house and I had to put the wet dog in my car and I don't like that, it was just disgusting. Right, I get her home, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be Detective Simon tonight. So I, I drive out the driveway and I just back up, ready to go, ready to investigate how she is getting out of my yard. And so, she, like, lo and behold, like two minutes later, she's been put back in the yard. You can just see this big, this, she's a black border collie kelpie. And you see this, and she has a pretty big rig. And she kind of jumps, gets on top of the fence, straddles it, and then boom, down again. She's in the neighbor's yard. They don't have a gate. She's off. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I get the cars, get back inside. I chain her up. I'm just the angriest man alive in the pouring rain. This is the story of our life. So now I've extended the fence, but then I extended the fence with little bits of metal, and then she decided she'd try and squeeze through them. Like I was expecting one day to just find her stuck on the fence, just kind of hanging. <laughs> Haven't yet. One day I will. So we try to feed her lots to keep the weight up so the jumping's harder. <laughs> but you know, she's restricted by boundaries. She's just got these boundaries that restrict her. These rules that are overlord, Master Simon, broods along her. So why would you keep in here, Master? Why would you keep me here? There's all these glorious things. There's a lake down there with ducks. There's other dogs who are caught in boundaries that I can walk past and just wag my tail and say, hey, I'm free, baby. You know, like, why are you doing this to me, Master? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. You know, we've been talking about come and see the fruit of the Spirit. And Pastor Bruce has done some great messages about the fruits of the Spirit. And I was like, what else is there to talk about the fruits of the Spirit? And it's talking out of Galatians 5. And Galatians 5 starts with this. For it is for freedom that Christ, is it coming up? It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's how Galatians 5 starts. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom. And as I read through Galatians 5, which is by far the top three chapters of the Bible that I love. I just think it's phenomenal. I, just, I can't, it's a bit like movies. I can't say it's the number one because like, I always do a top five, you know, just because sometimes your moods change and something else is cooler. Anyway, great chapter in the Bible, but I thought it was really key because the fruits of the Spirit end at the, at the end of this chapter. But I think a key to a fruit of the Spirit is freedom. A fruit of the Holy Spirit active in our life is freedom. But, I feel like, like, what is freedom? Because like in our teenage years, in, in my teenage life, it felt like freedom just did not exist. It was the life of don'ts, right? Can anyone sympathise with this? The life of don'ts. Like, don't swear, don't lie, don't steal, don't murder, obviously. Don't get drunk, don't do drugs, don't smoke, don't watch that, don't listen to this, don't speed, don't fight, don't, don't, don't talk back to me. All these sorts of things. Don't, 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 don't. And then... I was like, ah, oh, these are all rules. And then I've moved into parent life. I find myself don'ting all the time. It's like, don't draw on the walls. Don't pick your nose. Like, you know, don't do a poo in the garden. Um, all sorts. <laughs> I'm revealing lots about my children. <laughs> don't hit your sister in the face. That goes both ways to my two lovely, beautiful daughters. Uh, <laughs> and then we have a life where we've built a government in a society where laws come about. Like we are conditioned around rules. And these rules help us see what's in, what's out. What's black, what's white. We get to 
draw lines, but they're forever expanding, right? Like, I would have no, no concept of the amount of laws. Like, I would have no idea how many laws are in this country because it's just extreme. Like, off the chart. Like, the idea of a lawyer is just mind-boggling to me because I cannot read fast enough like that and retain anything. If lawyers could make it into a movie, maybe I'd be able to keep up with the laws, but then it'd just take too much time. Anyway, so the title of this message is... I was in a farm last week in York Peninsula, so I've got a bit of farmer in me. Goes, that's a barrier, mate, not a boundary. All right? That's the title of this message. That's a barrier, mate, not a boundary. <laughs> so write that down if you're writing notes today. Let's read Galatians 5, 13 to 21. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Everyone say free. free. Everyone say free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, this is Paul talking, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. Now, as I've grown up in church... It feels like a lot of the time there's all these rules that have been set apart. Now let's think about the fact that the law came in the Old Testament. There was rules given by God of how to live, much like our government has now, but much less. There was about 260 or something. And I saw this really incredible uh, demonstration of how to think about all this. So I want to I want to talk to you about it. it's from Paul Hebert. He's a misologist and anthropologist, and it's got some concepts to do with math, which I do not understand. So if you're a math lover here, just bear with me, okay? But there's two sets of values, and uh, this is this. I think this is a really great way to demonstrate how the kingdom of God works, okay? So we've got bounded. And I hope I can spell because I usually use like text with predictive and centered. And I'm going to do the Australian centered. Now, a bounded set is something that um, so that is something it's, it's things that are gathered together by a common value. It's something that's bounded by a common value. It's finite. So. When you have a family, there's a thing that connects us all, and it's kind of the blood of the family. Now, you can marry into that, but there's this common value that links it all. So when you have a family reunion, you can't invite, you don't invite anyone who's not the family to the reunion. So you have this, this boundary, and inside of that is the family. Mom, dad, kids, grandkids, the spouses, all that kind of stuff. So that's a bounded, a community of boundedness, all right? And then outside of that, there's just everyone else. You can't fit within inside of that. And when we read the Bible, especially in the New Testament, I found this fascinating that, that Jesus came 
to break a perception of life that had been built over thousands of years. Now, in the old times, there were these laws. These were the boundaries. So to determine whether you were Jewish or not, one, you were born into it, but two, you would follow these rules. You'd follow these laws, these things. And, and Jesus came, and we find examples in the New Testament of when he broke these rules, like healing on the Sabbath. Like he just was like, ooh, you are not allowed to do that. And so they built these laws, these boundaries that determined whether you're in and out. And Jesus came to set that free. So what is a Jesus-centred life? Okay, this is a Jesus-centred life. This is what he came to build. So Jesus at the centre. Oh my goodness, it's a cross. All right, guys. My arts class score was not high. Okay, Jesus at the centre. And uh, so let me talk about a centred set for a little bit. So... The example of this is that, that family. Here's a centered set. So on a, on a farm, you could have a bounded set of animals that are all kept within a coop, right? Like that you, you build the boundary, they stay in. But a centered community would be where you have like a watering hole. And that watering hole is a common value that all these animals have that come together and point towards that place. So a centered view of the walk with Jesus is this, that you are in when you give your life to Jesus and you start walking towards Him. Okay? The only value you have is whether or not you're walking towards Him. Over here, what has been adopted in a lot of church life is that we have these rules, like you can't do this, you can't do that, and if you are doing that, you are outside of the circle, which is wrong, in my opinion. This is when you give your life to Jesus, you start walking towards Him. If you aren't walking towards Him, that's what determines that you're not a follower of Christ. And I'm a visual learner, so this started to really tap into the way that I viewed my walk with Jesus. It wasn't about following rules, but it was about pointing to Jesus. And I was like, wait a minute, because... Because these laws aren't just in the Old Testament. These laws, these rules, these ideas are in the New Testament. So what's that about? Like Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount, a famous preach, and says all these things about ways you should live, rules. Well, it's what it feels like. It says in 1 John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And that's why Jesus is at the centre. Okay, so let's look at... Genesis, and see what uh, see see what all these rules are about, because there's a the first rule happened in Genesis two. It says, "But the Lord warned him. This is to Adam. You may freely eat the fruit of the tree in the garden. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die." Boom, boom, boom. First rule. It's down. And what did they do? They ate it. It's the story of Adam and Eve, the first story of man in the Bible. God created this rule. And, and, and so then you read that in the Bible and then you read all these new laws that come in and then you read in Romans and Corinthians these lists of like what I read before of these things of do not partake in. Do not, do not, do not. 
And I'm thinking, how can I be free if I have all these do nots? How can I be free if there's all these things I shouldn't be doing? It's like I'm bounded by these rules. So then we adopt the identity that we need to have these boundaries to keep us in. And then we do the opposite of what Jesus asked us to do. We go off and judge people and say, well, you're in and you're out because you're doing this and you're not doing that. You know, like even just the topic of like drinking alcohol, um, there's some people who are like, you know, it's fine to have a drink with dinner. Like we're not talking about getting drunk, but there's other communities of Christians that will just, you can't do it. And if you do it, you're basically out of the community. It doesn't compute. So what's that all about? And I feel like half the time that's just us adding things to what we think are the boundaries which God determines. It's kind of this human adding that's going on. And that's the problem with that model. Because the model with Jesus is that you can be anywhere. You can be here moving towards him. You can be out here moving towards him. there's There's not a boundary that keeps you in except for the fact that you invite Jesus into your life. Look how much freedom there is over there. You can go anywhere. But this isn't it. This isn't just the only thing. So this was Hebert's thing. And then when I started thinking about... So this is about the idea of community and Jesus-centred community. But I want to expand on what I felt like uh, God was talking to me. It says, in John 8, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Okay? So I want to talk about the fact that this bounded set is boundaries. Right? Boundaries. But the centred set, a centred life, is about barriers. What's the difference? Okay, what is the difference? My dog feels like I've set up a boundary for her. She thinks there is so much greater on the outside that you're stopping me from getting to. But in fact, outside of my boundaries are trains that go past, cars that drove past, angry dogs, people who want to shoot her, all sorts of dangers for her life. Yes, there's some ducks to frolic and chase, but you could drown in the lake as well because she can't swim. I don't actually know if that's true, but adds to my story. (laughs) She thinks she's in a life of boundaries. And we can read this list of things. And you go look in Romans, go look in Corinthians, you'll see these lists. You can feel like, wow, this is a life of boundaries. Well, I tell you what, it's not a life of boundaries. This is a life of barriers. See, why did God make this first rule with Adam and Eve? He made the rule because he wanted complete connection with them, complete intimacy. And as soon as they choose, chose to break and disobeyed, disobeyed, disobey, shame entered their life. There was a wedge between them and God. That choice took them out of a connection with Him. So what does that mean? God has given us these things to put barriers around our life. Rather than boundaries to keep us in, they're boundaries to keep us out, things out. Now, the analogy doesn't go too far. I don't put up fences so that da- dangers don't come in and hunt my dog. Um, I mean, I could kind of, but like we don't have lions outside. But like, let's say that my house was in Africa and, or, and Canada at the same time. So there was bears and there were lions available to come and kill her. Then I would put up 
barriers in her life and it's for her own good to stay within them so she doesn't get devoured. The Bible says the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I've come that you would have life, says Jesus. So he puts these barriers around us. It says in Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then in Romans 8, 5, 6, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the, what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And so when we give our life to Jesus, we, get, we become a new creation, it says in the Bible. So we, boop, boop, new creation, come on, you're in. And you start in this little walk. Now, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So we're walking towards a Christ-like life, but Jesus is in us as well. He's not separate from us. But what I find interesting is that it's kind of harsh, but I feel like we actually have different levels of intimacy with Jesus. That our walk with Him we don't instantly know, he doesn't know, like we don't instantly know everything about him until we give him time. Like a relationship with my wife, the more time we spend together, the more I give myself to her, the more intimate our relationship becomes. So this whole thing is not a question of are you in or you're out until once you kind of tick on here, you're in and you start walking. But some people are here and they're walking away. But the way, like on the way to Jesus, is just everything in this world. There's all this stuff in here. And so I like to think of this not just as a barrier from every direction, but it's like a barge block. And when we have these things in our life that we choose not to partake in, anger, uh, what, let's just go back to that list. What went too far? Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. I don't have time to go through exactly how these relate to us in common day, but you can read it for yourself. And selfish ambition. Selfish ambition, Shane. No, no, he, he, we, we've talked about it. It's not, I'm not saying for him. Just so you don't think I'm being really mean. We've had a discussion about this and it's like a real challenging message. Dissensions, which is like our government, basically just everyone arguing each other. Factions and every drunkenness and orgies. When we protect ourselves from these things, we can plough forward, a big snow plough coming in, and we can actually plough closer and closer to Jesus. And it actually opens up this big circle, which I'm not going to draw because it gets real messy, but it opens up a nice clear pathway so that intimacy is available and nothing else is in the way. And I don't know about you, but that is a picture of freedom for me. That becomes a picture of freedom. So what's that got to do with the fruits of the Spirit, Simon? Well, a fruit of the Holy Spirit who's sitting here with us and walking with us, the Bible says, as we walk in step with the Spirit, we're able to move forward and plough through and, and, and get closer to Jesus. So the fruits of the Spirit is an indication of the barrier around our life. I love Pastor Bruce's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just sort of opening up about the fruits of the Spirit. Because it's, 
A fruit of the Spirit, some, often we can, we can see that as something that we get. But a fruit of the Spirit is a fruit. It's actually something we produce. So the Spirit in us doesn't allow us to get those qualities, love, patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. There we go. It's good. I'm getting there. You know, I've got another barrier to put up. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we get them. It means we produce that. And we produce this force field. Any Star Wars fans here this morning? Put your hand up. Come on. Because you're not shamed about it because you love it. Right? How classic is Star Wars that doesn't matter how good your shield is around your life, there was the, the bad guy, he always puts a little, little, little hole in there for you to kind of penetrate the Death Star that Luke Skywalker can get in. Like, I mean, it's convenient for the writer, it's convenient for the story, but it's actually really true about our life. That whole list, there might be pretty much all irrelevant to you, but that might just be one thing that's actually putting a hole in the barrier in your life. You've got this death star that can, has so much power, not to kill, but to bring life and influence. (laughs) But your barrier has a hole in it. And if the enemy's coming to steal, kill and destroy, he's going to just get, he's going to join forces with the rebellion Okay, so I've actually flipped it here, but you know, the Death Star's a greater image than anything else. Like, it's just so big, and we're just great and powerful with God. But he gets together, and he'll find that hole. He'll find that weakness. He'll go at any length to try and push through that barrier. So when we don't create the barrier around our life, there's no science fiction powered energy, hydrogen, chloride, peroxide. I don't know what it is. I really should have brushed up on my Star Wars flux capacitor. No, that's, uh, that's Back to the Future, isn't it? Ah, well, it's all sci-fi. Come on. There's nothing special power. It's about our decision. And actually, that decision is the true freedom. The fact that we are not here as robots controlled to be. You're here this morning by choice. By design, I would say. Because Jesus wants to meet with you always. And he wants you to create barriers in your life, not to keep you in, but to keep things out. He is so passionate about your relationship with him. Not your relationship with the idea of him, of religion, of things to do, but actually relationship with him. He so desires that with each and every one of us. And as I was, you know, seeing this and it really got me thinking about those rules in my life. And I certainly can confess that there were times in my life I thought they were boundaries that God had placed around me to stop having fun. But it wasn't that at all. It was like the original rule that he created in Genesis. He's like, hey, I just want to be in relationship with you. And I am the holiest of holies. He is the creator of heaven and earth. The beginning and the end. So to be in relationship with him, you've got to separate yourself from this stuff. You've got to protect yourself from this stuff in this world. How are we going for time? Good. So why don't we just close our eyes for a minute because I want to do a couple of things.
this morning, first thing I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to join this centred life. I want you to pop up on the whiteboard if you're not on there. There's two, you either popped up on the whiteboard because you get a new life and meet Jesus or you're already on here but you've been walking the other way. Actually, look up at me for a second because I want to see this. If we don't have those barriers and we partake in things that aren't drawing us closer to God, and it's not just this list of things in Galatians, by the way. It's judging people. It's not loving our neighbour as ourselves. It's all, all the things that Jesus lists in the Sermon, Sermon on the Mount as well. I feel like this direction starts to turn. And that's how we turn backwards, away from him. It's because those things shift our perspective a little bit and keep shifting us around and pointing us in the wrong direction. Okay, you can close your eyes again. So that's you this morning. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, or you're like that example there, you've kind of turned the ship around. You didn't have barriers in place in order to keep that intimacy. I want to invite you this morning to come and meet Jesus. It's so cool to meet Jesus. It's the best thing you can do. And the way that we form as a community here is the fact that we're all focused on this one thing together. And as we do that, all in different paths, all in different places, all got things in our lives that are troubling us, but things we've kind of overcome. Everyone's got an incredible story here, each person here. We come together with a focus on being like Christ and having Him in our lives. So if you've never invited Jesus before, I want to invite you this morning to do that. We just pray a simple prayer that asks Him into our life. A prayer is just talking to Him. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He's the Son of God, that God raised Him from the dead, so, then you will be saved. So if you've never done that before on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand. I'll see you lift your hand and then we'll pray a prayer together. And then I'll get someone to come and talk to you after the service. It might be me or it might be someone else just to come and help you build these barriers. Know what it is to follow Jesus. It's not just about building the barriers. It's actually about building the relationship inside of that protected space. So if you've never done that before, or if you're the second person who's turned around, it's not facing Jesus anymore, you want to get back on. You want to face Him. I want you to lift your hand on the can of three. One, never done it before. Two, you have, but you need to come back to Him this morning. Three, why don't you just lift your hand? God. Give you a couple of seconds. Because this is an incredible moment. Does anybody need to do that this morning? Awesome. With eyes closed still, I just want to do this last thing. What fences have you been jumping? What barriers aren't you putting up? What's the hole in your shield? Do you need to create a barrier around your life? It's for freedom that Christ set us free. And there is freedom for you this morning. And you know what? Those things bind us up. That's the, that's the incredible thing, that these things bind us up and actually point us away from Jesus, even though they feel free. 
If you this morning might be really small, might be a big thing in your life, but you just need to acknowledge to God, hey, I just acknowledge this area of my life that I need to shift. I want to create a place that is holy to spend with you, Jesus. God, I'm not perfect, but this morning I'm declaring I'm, I'm going to be working on that to bring a barrier around my life so I can be close to you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to lift your hand up to God right now. Awesome. God sees those hands and I'm just going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the hands that are raised. Lord, if we do nothing, nothing happens. So I thank you for the hands that are raised that want to just protect the beauty of our relationship with you. Lord, we speak to whatever those things are that are creating holes holes in our shield. And we thank you that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. That things, those things are not there to chain us, to hold us back. But this morning we can approach them with strength from you, Jesus. That as we draw close to you, it says that when we walk in step with the Spirit, and the Spirit is with us. So I pray for every hand raised that the way to get there is just to focus on you, to spend time with you, to turn and drop that thing and give time to you, Jesus. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen.